This podcast is proudly brought to you by Lie, Cheat, and Steal Insurance Agency. You didn't see them? We're sure you didn't. You barely touched them? We believe you. Whatever your story may be, we'll just turn the other way and go along with you. Last name happens to be Guerrero. Your policy is free. Go ahead and give us a call toll-free at 1-800-VIVA-LA-RASA. We're located at Latino Heat Highway in El Paso, Texas. Howdy, howdy, everyone. This is 321 Count with Chris and Bryant. I'm your host, Chris. Co-host Bryant here. Damn right, you're the (laughs) co-host. Bringing back that little tidbit. (laughs) This week, we decided to go with the championship match between the late, great Eddie Guerrero and the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. This match took place at No Way Out 2004, uh, February 15, 2004, in the Cow Palace in Daly City. It was a SmackDown exclusive event, and Eddie Guerrero won a 15-man battle royale on January 19th on an episode of SmackDown uh, in order to become the number one contender to face Brock at this pay-per-view event. This would actually be Eddie Guerrero's first title match uh, for the main championship, the WWE Championship. Um, he had previously held the U.S. title, Intercontinental title, and was a multiple-time tag team title champion. Any thoughts on the uh, match itself there, Bryant? Yeah, this was for me, like always on this podcast, it was the first time watching the match, um, and I didn't know it took place in uh, Cal Palace. Um, I remember all the stuff that took place, you know, kind of before this match and kind of like the build-up, you know, him winning the Battle Royale and then having this opportunity of facing the champion, which is Brock Lesnar, which at the time was kind of built up to be like this unstoppable force, you know, and being like, the uh, as Taz put it, um, here comes the pain, you know, just F5-ing everybody and just destroying all his opponents yeah that f5 there was um i mean it's basically a modified um death valley driver um to an extent um a little bit a little different but um still just when you saw it it it's just like oh man that looks like something that would really leave an impact on people oh yeah i mean a lot of people sold it so well they would get like um they'll get smashed at the end of the uh finisher and it just bounce up and it's like oh it's over they're knocked out so, yeah, I remember a lot of the stuff that happened. Oh, I remember most of the parts that happened between before this match, which was Eddie winning the the Rumble or the Battle Royale and then facing Brock Lesnar and not knowing what would happen because um, it was... They also had another story built up, which was Goldberg versus um, Brock Lesnar. And within that same... Yeah, and Goldberg was in uh, was a part of Raw at the time, and this was when they were really trying to separate SmackDown and Raw. So you had the WWE Championship on SmackDown, and you had the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw. Um, so that was pretty interesting how they had that buildup of uh, Brock and Goldberg just kind of bumping heads at the time. I would say. Now, do you remember what was like their first incident? Like what started this whole thing of Brock versus uh? Goldberg? In all honesty, I don't. Um, Me either. This could be another subject for a later episode down the line. We could. Um, because that spearheaded Goldberg coming back in uh, 20, 
16 or 17, um, which um, we'll talk about that actually because there's a very significant um, backstory with that as well about okay. with me anyway. All right, yeah. Um, so we could say for yeah, but, but I I do remember that whole kind of a buildup of um, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar and. For me personally, that uh, champ, you know how you're saying the the bl- the brand splitting, the the uh, undisputed or as referred to as undisputed championship. Yeah, and actually, well, uh, should we do a little tidbit history of that of that particular WWE title? Yeah, I of guess what we, it was. Yeah, I guess we could do that. You know, um, just so f- no, because that championship back in that undisputed one was uh, the one with that was black, gold, black and had and the gold. winged yeah. eagle. Which yeah, for yeah. me personally is my favorite, and that one, um, that one's my second favorite. There um, you go. <laughs> reverse, but, um, reverse that, rolls. <laughs> that was a. Um, it became the WWE Championship uh, actually when Brock won it and took it to SmackDown. Before that, it was the undisputed title, and it was actually a merger between the Winged Eagle WWF title and the World Heavyweight title. But when it was acquired by WWF. It was known as the WCW uh, Championship. Um, they stopped calling it the World Heavyweight Title, even though it had said World Heavyweight Title on it. Now, when they merged the two titles, um, the first two undisputed champions were Chris Jericho when he held both championships when he wanted a vengeance. And then after that was Triple H after he beat him at WrestleMania, and he held both championships. Then they merged it into one, which was the title that we saw, the black and gold. And um, it was still called the undisputed title, and it went from Triple H to uh, Hulk Hogan had held it, and then Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan, and then I know Kurt Angle won it, and then Brock beat Kurt and took it uh, to SmackDown, and then it just became known quite simply as the WWE Championship. Then they brought back the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw. Eric Bischoff was actually the one; he was the GM, the storyboard. GM on Raw. My favorite Raw GM, by the way. He's fantastic. I love Eric Bischoff. He was awesome. I mean, when I started watching wrestling, he was the GM of Raw, and he was so good. And uh, he just gave it to Triple H, basically. No no, no um, two top contenders facing off for it. He just gave it to him, and he was the world heavyweight champion. But that was the champion of Raw. Then the WWE champion was the champion of SmackDown, which at this point in time was Brock Lesnar. And then you had the 15-man battle royale with Eddie that set up the match for this pay-per-view. By the way, Chris went all, He did all that on the top of his head. No notes, no internet. <laughs> That's how much he knows about wrestling. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going back to the match, um, yeah, it was my first time watching this match. Um, of course, my favorite part besides the match was Tori Wilson and Sam. Terry Wilson and Sable at the beginning, but um, yeah, the that Terry whole Wilson roll tide. <laughs> that whole uh, video package they did at the beginning was pretty. It was really good. Yeah, with the uh, with the promos. The promos, yeah. yeah before the match. Yeah, because uh, I had not remembered that there was a battle royale, but when I watched the video packaging with the promos and all that, oh yeah, I remember that video uh, that um, battle royale with uh, Eddie Guerrero winning it. Um, but it's. It touched like a lot of personal subjects, and it was like a little, it was a little dark and a little heavy. When I watched, it, I was like, "Damn, they really went into the stuff that Eddie was going through." And I was like, "Damn, really, 
you know, personal attacks and all this other stuff. And it was a well, I thought it was well put, uh, video package to set up the match. I mean, if people have never seen this match, it was a well put package of how Eddie got this contender spot and kind of like the, the stuff he was going through before going into this match. So it was, it was a really nice, uh, video packaging promo and all that stuff right before the match for me. Um, and then the match itself was really good. It had the, you know, um, classic Eddie things. Yeah. Um, the little like comedy bits, um, the the amazing wrestling, the the stuff that he was able to do in the ring and outside the ring, um, and him coming in in a low rider. Yeah, I mean that was always my favorite thing. He, it seemed like he always had a different low rider. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the cool thing, you know, what kind of low rider he had, uh, and then the crowd having his back. Yeah. When he came in, that pop. You know, I mean, it, it takes place. he was definitely the baby face of this match. Yeah, so he comes into the match, and um, the crowd is all pumped, and, and it kind of reminded me of those, like, uh, that Hulk Hogan versus Andre um, type of vibe where, like, the there's clearly a favorite within the crowd, and everyone is behind Eddie. But the thing is, with the storyline of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar building up, um, my the way I saw the match was, well... Here's a guy who's kind of winning momentum. He's gonna go against here the the Mr. Beast or the, the guy who's like a the best wrestler at the moment or so-called best wrestler of, of uh, SmackDown, and he's gonna get defeated. Uh, Brock Lesnar's gonna win. It's gonna be the the two be, like the two giant forces of Raw and SmackDown, and they're gonna go against each other eventually. So I thought mm, Eddie was gonna lose, not because he was you know bad. But because they were setting up already a storyline between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Right. So I mean, even at the beginning of this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, because Brock Lesnar gets... Uh, no, not Brock Lesnar. Uh, Goldberg gets uh, arrested or something, right? Yeah. He gets kicked out or some. Yeah, trying uh, to go after Brock, yeah. Yeah. So if there was any uh, idea of that Eddie was going to win, it was going to be Goldberg's going to mess up Brock Lesnar, and that's how Eddie's going to win. And so... But then he gets arrested, and I was like, okay... But then in the back of the head, I was like, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't. I don't know. Um, so I thought I thought Eddie was going to lose to uh, Brock before the pay-per-view. Of course, I saw the recap after um, when it came on SmackDown. But the, the match was good. I honestly thought the match was good. Like Eddie Guerrero match I've ever watched, It's it's it was really good. I had all the stuff, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much that I didn't take any notes. <laughs> so... I'm just going from memory. <laughs> yeah, like how some people look at, um, try and look for classic matches of certain individuals. You have to look for a bad match of Eddie Guerrero because, like, it was just, it was oh, something yeah. that just didn't happen. All his matches are always entertaining. Like, he would always just find a way to make it just next level. Yeah. And just, uh, he always put on a good show. Um, you know, if you were in the crowd and got to see an Eddie Guerrero match, um, that match I, alone I... would be a large reason why you would get your money's worth. I, it sucks that I never got to see Eddie Guerrero. I I honestly wish that if he was still around, I probably would go just to watch him because he's he's honestly my favorite wrestler ever, and it's just a guy who just captivated. I mean, honestly, one of the best to ever lace up boots. Yeah, and that's an opinion shared by by countless people. Yeah, um, I. This evening, I went to a liquor store, and I was wearing, I'm was i wearing my Eddie Guerrero shirt tonight for the pod, and 
um, somebody saw me and said, dude, I love your shirt. Like Eddie Guerrero, he's legend. And, um, was just like all about it. And he, he looked like an individual who'd never watched wrestling a day in his life. And that just goes to show just one that, you know, people who you would never suspect watch pro wrestling do. And two, just how much of an impact Eddie Guerrero had on just people just because he, um, came to be kind of a very down to earth individual. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, so down to earth that even my parents watched it. My, my mom and my stepdad would watch Eddie Guerrero matches with me and my sister. Me and my sister would be watching SmackDown, and if Eddie had a match, they would sit down and watch it with us because they enjoyed that, the matches that he would put because it was like, for them, it was that entertaining and it was that good of a match. Like They wanted to watch the whole thing. and So it, it, that guy was just, he was amazing on and off the ring. It was just, I mean, even the stuff that he watched, um, prior to his death where he was giving kind of like his, his story or his life story about how he went through alcohol abuse and, or drug abuse and all, or kind of like these terrible things that happened in his life. I mean, he was just down to earth and you saw him just going through El Paso and people would just say hi to him and he would say hi back and hang out with those people. And it was just, this guy was, yeah. Just, and he even, the, and that was even brought ever. up in the, uh, in the promo package that they had yeah. before the match where Brock would try and call him out, call him an addict and say, you know, I hope you're, and you're addicted to losing and you know i hope that you're, you're gonna get your fix at no way out basically and uh and he's like i am addicted I, there's no high like wrestling in front of these people and talking about the crowd and um with this match in particular um if you haven't watched uh, to the listeners if you haven't watched this match i highly recommend um checking out eddie versus brock at no way out 2004 um it's a fantastic match and there will be spoilers in this episode. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, you know, take it, you know, take a moment to pause it and yeah, pause watch this it. podcast and uh, <laughs> watch, watch that match. Cause it, it's a good one. And it's, the promo. it's one of my favorites. And yeah, if you, if you have um, Peacock. the Peacock network, um, it's on there and uh, just look it up and find it and watch it and um, watch because they, um, one of the great things WWE does is um, they even do it to this day is if there's a big build up to a match, they'll have a promo package about everything that they kind of did to build up to this specific match. And, um, you see all that, you see, um, them kind of having their, um, their back and moments forth. back yeah. and forth, yeah. um, going into it. And even a spot where Eddie takes uh, Brock's title and puts it around his waist and the crowd oh, yeah. crazy on that, um, before this match even takes place, Yeah, I remember which those. is pretty awesome. And, um, yeah, just with this match, um, it starts off very heavy with uh, Brock just kind of dominating. Um, at first, you know, he's telling Eddie, you know, uh, you know, you don't got it. Um, you're not going to, you know, you're nothing. You'll never be anything. That's, that's the thing. he's telling him that. That's the cool thing about this match was it, you could hear like kind of like the trash talking with Brock of him just like kind of like talking him down be like you, you know you're nothing you're you're, you're a not, nobody yeah you're a nobody and it was between like him you know him beating up Eddie and him trying to fight back and he just kind of like push him down be like you're nothing you're, you're like you're not going to you're you're not going to be nothing or whatever but the trash talking just added more intensity to this match and that's what I liked about the match and that's why I was so drawn into it besides the fact that it was Eddie Guerrero I mean you could hear nowadays you can barely you see them mouthing things but you never hear what the fuck they're saying yeah very rarely very it's rare, like yeah it's kind of like in this instance where they want you to hear it um but even then you know it's not the same yeah like it's yeah it, it is a different world now 
Yeah, so when I, when I heard him trash-talking him, I was like, it added just another layer to, like, the storytelling that, that, that was going on in this match. And I liked it. I liked the match a lot. And um, spoilers, uh, even up to the ending, you know, it, it was just so good. I, I was so drawn into it, especially when Goldberg came in. <laughs> yeah, when they had the um, – when Brock goes to hit the F5 – and Eddie takes out the uh, ref, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Classic and, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was after that where, correct me if I'm wrong, where Goldberg comes in because he tries to get the three count, but the ref's knocked out. Yeah. So he's not going to get the three count, and he goes to get up, and Goldberg comes in and spears him. Yep. And um, Which I did, not, I did not expect that, honestly. Honestly, the way I saw the match going. pop from that. The yeah. The pop from that. Oh, was, the the was pop was just. Next level. Yeah. Like, the way I saw this match was going to be uh, Brock beats Eddie, and then Goldberg comes in and beats uh, Brock's ass, and then it just sets up for, like, oh, I'm going to have revenge. But I didn't expect him to come in right before the end of the match and and kind of help Eddie win the championship. So he hits him with the spear, and then um, there's no ref. So I think Eddie goes out to get a belt. He goes out to get the title, and then, to hit uh, him with the title, yeah, hit, hit Brock with, with the title. And then, uh, cause the lie, lie, cheat, steal. Yeah. But then he's kind of like hesitant to, to use the title, the title and then hit him with the title. And then I think Brock kind of counters it, goes into an F5, which you think like, oh, it's over. You're like, you're not going to win. But then Eddie counters it with, uh, with a DDT. DDT yeah. And then he, his head hits the title and he falls over. And then Eddie climbs the top rope and does the fucking amazing. My favorite move, the frog splash, five star frog splash, and it's like, oh my god, it's he's gonna win, and but I mean this, and that's like when the ref comes to and he, he comes like back. motions the ref to yeah. come on, you know, get the count, and he gets one, the two, one three. two three on him. Yeah, um, but before that, there was a couple other like kind of false endings where you thought, oh, the false no. finishes, yeah, yeah, false finishes, yeah, where like uh, Brock hits that five and it's like it's over or. Uh, Eddie did the frog splash and it's over, but it's not. And so there was a lot of buildup. There was like a lot of um, mystery going into like what the ending was going to be. Kind of like the Hulk Hogan versus Andre. You didn't know who's going to win. But in the end, like it was just. It could have gone either way and it would have been a good match for me. Yeah, it would have sucked that um, Eddie lost, but maybe there's going to be a, a chance for a redemption later down the road, you know? Yeah. It would build something after. Like maybe it would have been a long program. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I felt like it could have been a long-term thing, even though it did kind of turn into a long-term thing. But either way, I felt like it was going to be a good match. Either way, it ended. Yeah, it was um, – I mean, it was just awesome to see that. I mean, I remember seeing – that is a pay-per-view I did see live. Um, I had a friend um, in school at the time who – had gotten the pay-per-view and he's like, Hey, I'm going to get WrestleMania. And this was kind of around the time I started getting a little bit more out of wrestling than I was, uh, before just cause uh, a lot of my, f- um, friends who I'd hang out with at school wasn't really watching that. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'll, I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, you're, you're hanging out with people and you know, they're, they're doing something else. So you kind of do something else yourself. But then I had a friend who was like, Hey, you know, it's, if you want to watch it, we can watch it. So, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And um, he said, uh, Eddie's going for the title. And and I wasn't really watching SmackDown, so I didn't know that Eddie was actually in the title opportunity. Well, what's with the opposites with this? And when you go off of wrestling is when I was into wrestling yeah. and I knew all the stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, all right. 
I, uh, I know, huh? I, <laughs> and I just remember watching it and just being like, just on the edge of my seat the whole time. And it's like a match like this was something that was just like, this is why I loved wrestling at the time. Um, or why I loved wrestling, I guess a couple of years before and oh, yeah, a yeah. little bit before that. And, um, you know, it's just like on your edge the entire time and just, oh my God, is, is he actually going to pull this off? But then when he does and the crowd just goes batshit crazy over Oh, it, after the match? And he goes yeah. into the crowd and they're, they, they just love oh, it. Oh man, it's just, again, Eddie is one of those uh, wrestlers that everyone loved. A once in a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, even talent. though I mean, there's uh, even though I've seen a, a maybe one other wrestler that has that much popularity, being Daniel Bryan, I've seen like the kind of like the recaps of how he was in, at, at the peak. Yes and no because it it was different. Yeah, it was different. He um, and he could be an episode for another time. Not to yeah. get not to get too too sidetracked, but I could see the similarities uh-huh. you're bringing up with that. But also there was a little bit of difference there as well. Um. But Eddie, I mean, just a once-in-a-lifetime uh, talent and really just capturing them. And, and two, just being a very um, untraditional babyface, almost... Uh, anti-hero type, you think? I wouldn't say an anti-hero, because uh-huh. uh, Stone Cold was the anti-hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just with how he presented himself. That Eddie just was... had the fan support, but he also just said, I'll do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes. To, and that was what separated him from a traditional babyface, where a uh, traditional babyface would be like, no, I'll win, but the right way. As to where Eddie's all like, you know, these fans love me and I love the fans, but I'm going to do what I have to to win. Yeah, and which was. That's what separated him from the rest of the good guys. And um, it was kind of a thing where, um, you know, it was a built up of a respect factor for him as well. Because it was just like, okay, this guy is really willing to do whatever it takes to get that title. And, um, you know, a lot of people looked at it as, um, you know, a good uh, a sign of respect where it's like, you know what, like th- this guy is doing what he has to. And two, um, the fact that, you know, he, he um, just really built up a huge fan base in terms of the Latin community. Oh, um, a without huge, a, doubt, a huge. Without a doubt, between yeah. him and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, him and I Ray mean, Mysterio, and even even Chavo Guerrero. Chavo, when they were tag teams, like I loved them as tag teams, and I loved him and Ray Mysterio being tag teams. That was, yeah, Los Guerreros. Yeah, Los Guerreros. That was. I mean, that was awesome. Eddie, to a point, inspired me to want to pursue wrestling. Um, for for a moment in time, I was like, oh, I want to be one day. Maybe I want to be a wrestler. Um, I, I was that into wrestling, and I watched Raw and I watched SmackDown. But back in the day, I didn't have you know, my parents didn't buy pay-per-view, so I never got to watch the pay-per-views. But I watched every episode of Raw. I watched every episode of SmackDown. And sometimes there would be like, um, uh, what was it, like, uh, Sunday Night Sunday Heat? or Sunday Night Heat. Sunday Night that Heat. That was uh, before the pay-per-view usually. Yeah. That yeah. was like the pre-show. The pre-show, yeah. So I would watch, I mean, I used to watch almost everything wrestling. I would go into WD.com and read all the articles. And, you know, I was really into that because people, like wrestlers like Eddie See, Guerrero. I didn't and, do the articles. No, because <laughs> I didn't like computers. I still don't like computers. I only use it for the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, I I love. I had a computer, and I would go to WD.com, and WD.com was one of the, the websites I visited the most. And I would be there almost every day. Almost every day, I would go into into the website and and read on the the wrestling superstars. What or, did Eddie do today? <laughs> yeah. Well, one day I'll tell you about this one side story. It was like a little questionable, but I, I actually followed it all the way through, but. 
Um, yeah, Eddie Guerrero got me into it. And, but it wasn't also Eddie Guerrero. It was also a lot of the wrestlers in the time that I got into wrestling, which was Booker T, um, Rob Van Dam, like Evolution. All, all those wrestlers in that era, that era got me into wrestling. But Eddie Guerrero will always be my favorite just because of the, you know, uh, his matches, um, the promos he used to cut. I mean, everything he used to do was do just... Do you have a few favorite memories or matches? Um, I mean, the fact that he was able to get uh, the family on, in front of the TV and just watch him, I think is one of my favorite memories. But aside from that, I mean, like, the one thing that my uh, stepdad used to like a lot was when Eddie would like uh, throw a chair at the opponent and then he would lay down and act like he got hit. And then the referee would be like, did you hit him? You know, it would be like, what the hell? And then he would just ring the bell or just be like, hey. And, you know, he would just like yell at the wrestler. I liked when it turned on Eddie where he's all like, no, no, you gave him the chair. That was my. <laughs> oh, I, liked, I liked when the opponent got caught, but I liked it even more when the ref was all like, no, no, you did it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, <laughs> and no, no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it'd be like those type of moments or the moments where like my stepdad and my mom would just be laughing. They'd just be in tears or, or just like, oh, man, this guy's just like it, it captivated me so much that they understood how much this wrestler meant to me. And after he passed, my mom got me the poster that I, I have still to this day, which is the Eddie Guerrero poster, which has a great poster. Yeah. It has all his moments. And when he has the championship and he's laying on the ropes on the corner ropes and all that stuff. So that's one of my favorite moments. Um, before anything else, just getting the whole family in front of the TV and just watching him. But other than that was when he frog splashed off of a, a cage match. There's a cage, there's a cage match between him either with, uh, Brock Lesnar or JBL. And then um, he has the chance to climb out and win the match, but he goes to the top of the cage and just does a five star frog splash right into his opponent. We're like, we're like, oh my god! And my parents are like, why didn't he climb out? Why didn't he win the match? And we're like, oh my goodness, he just did a frog splash! And they just, you know, it just blew my mind. I was like, holy crap! But you know, those two are my top two favorite moments. After that, just anything else um, he did was just amazing for me. It just. Uh, yeah, he's just my favorite wrestler ever. He'll always be my favorite wrestler. And he'll always, you know, I always wonder what he would be doing now, you know. Yeah. Maybe be a um, coach or executive producer or maybe he'd be retired and just have like let his daughters wrestle because I guess his daughters wrestle or one of them does. Um, I know Shaw had done some wrestling, uh, especially with Lucha Underground. Uh, her uh, three amigos is uh pretty top notch if anybody's close to eddie in terms of doing the three amigos it's her um when they had the backlash uh greatest wrestling match ever between edge and randy orton edge brought that out as a tribute oh nice which was amazing um and um for me some of my favorite memories with uh eddie is um so growing up you know being really young watching wrestling I saw him when he was with WCW um, in the Cruiserweight Classics. He would put on with Dean Malenko and with Rey Mysterio um, when he was Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, Because um, we would watch, it was Halloween Havoc. It was either 96 or 97. And it's the Rey Mysterio figure that I have where he's in the Phantom costume. And um, I remember, you know, asking Pops, you know, hey, um, why don't we watch this? Uh, it was when WWE Network was still a thing before it uh, went into Peacock. Um, 
and we watched that and there was a few other matches on there that we had wanted to watch but that was the main one I wanted to watch and just seeing that just seeing how they performed and the chemistry that they had in the ring and the moves that they were able to execute against one another they just knew each other so well and they were so good of friends that they um they were able to just like I I feel like if you and I were to go at it in the ring we we'd be able to Obviously not a five star match because we have no <laughs> we have no training whatsoever. No, <laughs> but you know chemistry is chemistry, and um, the type of bouts they would have is just something you cannot teach. And I remember seeing that as a kid and being awestruck just because of like Rey Mysterio Jr.'s costume and um, just the moves that they would execute and the springboard off the top rope and all that good stuff. But then watching it as an adult you appreciate it at a much different aspect because yeah. you understand a lot more of the moveset that's going on. You understand that there's chemistry between these two characters. You understand that there is just um, a high level of competition between the two and that they're going out there to put on a show that they want the people who paid hard-earned money to get in there to get their money's worth just off of their match alone. And just, I remember seeing that and just being awestruck as a child and then just being awestruck again as a, an adult for a completely different reason. And then seeing Eddie, seeing Eddie at that aspect being a cruiserweight, which was kind of, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel because bottom of the barrel is a, a jobber, somebody who just consistently loses. But a cruiserweight, they were the most athletic people in that, in that company, but they also were always put on first. They were kind of the attention grabbers, like, hey, let's, let's see what these guys could do. But they weren't, in terms of company-wide, they weren't, you know, highlighted, not like a heavyweight champion. So to see Eddie from that level move all the way up to become WWE champion was amazing. It was something that I'll never forget. Um, it's a match that's kind of near and dear to me because he's somebody who I watched climb. And then to learn his backstory, and then again, to watch it as a kid, and then watch it as an adult, and then to kind of understand his backstory of, you know, this guy was fired from WWE. He was let go in order to clean up his life, in order to get his family back, in order to get himself on the straight and narrow again, to get his priorities straight in his life. And for him to come back and win back his job, win back his family, win back his life, basically, than to go on and do this. And he always felt that he was undeserving of being the champion of that company. But the fact that Vince McMahon saw that guy the very first time and thought he was so tiny and thought that he was just like, what, what am I meeting this guy for? To eventually fall in love with Eddie, to think that he was a top quality guy within his company to think he could be the brand holder of a show is um, just amazing. It's just, um, you know, when they came out with the legend series figure of him recently and I went to target one day and in hopes of finding it in the wild. And <laughs> I wanted two figures from that set. I wanted Eddie Guerrero and I wanted ultimate warrior. I happened to find two Eddie Guerreros and one Ultimate Warrior, and I snatched those up right away. That Eddie Guerrero was your Christmas present. 
I don't think I've told you this, but if there was only one Eddie Guerrero, I would have still given it to you. Oh, my God. Because Eddie's your favorite. Yeah, I would have he's, sacrificed he's... it for myself oh to my give God. to you because I know he's your favorite. I love Eddie Guerrero to death. I have a shirt of him. I have a figure of him. I talk about him all the time because a lot of people know about him. There's people who I work with who are all like, Eddie Guerrero was the shit because uh, he, he, he still is the shit because yeah. his memory lives on Yep. with uh, the video games and with the with the networks and with the highlighted matches you can watch. And, um, he was one of a kind, uh, never duplicated heavily, heavily into, um, um, imitated. imitated That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you have Montez Ford from the, uh, street profits. He does a frog splash and you know, he's paying tribute to Eddie for that. Mm-hmm. And he does a fantastic frog splash. Like, he's probably top three, in my opinion, in terms of that. Top two, RVD and Eddie. RVD, yeah. (laughs) Um, RVD looked like he'd tear apart his intestines every time he would land a frog (laughs) splash. But but still, those two, top two for that. And um, he's just somebody who um, I was kind of out of wrestling at the time when he had passed. And I believe it was you who had told me. I could be wrong, but I think it was you in middle school who had told me that he had passed. And I just couldn't believe it. And I had this this uh, just, you know, when somebody, like when a family member or something passes and you just feel it in your gut. Because yeah. I just remember watching so many of his matches and seeing him jump from WCW to WWE. I remember seeing him on ECW because one time I stumbled upon that. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh my and god! Pops you you like, went through his whole another. career. <laughs> and Pops is like, "Oh, this is uh, another wrestling. It's uh, ECW," um, and he was facing Dean Malenko, and I'm just like, "Whoa!" You know, like, uh, okay. And then you know, he goes to WCW. Watch him all throughout that. Then when he makes the jump over, that was around the time I had jumped over to WWF, and he had been in the Radicals, and it was him, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn. And um, that was, like, cool to see him in that. And then when he had this whole thing with China, and, um, you know, that was kind of the first time you're really seeing Latino heat. And um, that whole uh, thing he had where he was kind of infatuated with China and giving her, like, roses and stuff, like, that was cool. That was a cool story. I've heard about that, but I've never watched it all the way through. So, But I've heard of, of him in China. And uh, when you call her Mamacita. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell? that was... Um, that was something that was cool. I remember, um, stealing that and calling, uh, girls at school that. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, they're like, the oh ladies. no, they, no, that's not how I got the ladies. Cause they're <laughs> like, oh, what's this white boy saying? Mommy, I'm half Mexican. Give me some slack. <laughs> and, uh. Look at you now. Getting yeah. all the ladies. <laughs> no, no, I don't. And, uh. He has big guns. <laughs> and, uh, that was just, uh. He's just being humble. That was just something that was just really cool to see. Just overall, just him getting the title. And um, he's somebody who, like like you, I wonder what he would be doing now if he was in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I I wish I was I would be. The one thing that really sucks is that I never got to see him wrestle in person. I really wish I was able to see him in person. And I think if, if he was still around or if I had, if he, um, if the unfortunate had not happened, uh, I would have kept on watching wrestling. And eventually, I wish I would have been able to meet him and just at least get his autograph. Or, or maybe if I, if he retired eventually, you know, I would have that figure and I would just ask him to sign it. 
Yeah, because I'm sure he'd be doing convention circuits yeah. like a lot of the retired legends of that are around still. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of wrestlers that I admire and that are near and dear to my heart because uh, those two or three years that I watched wrestling were like the the best moments. The, that was the, the greatest thing ever. And I still like remember a lot of the matches, the intros and the storylines. They're just, they were something else. And it just sucks that Eddie had to pass away. And th- that kind of just like brought everything down to reality. It took, um, I mean, like I said, that was when I was kind of fading out of it. Um, like I wasn't really watching really at all at the time he passed. And then after that, you had uh, Chris Benoit who had passed away. And he was up there for me as well. Like Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, ter- definitely. In, in all honesty, I was a bigger fan of Chris Benoit than I was of Eddie Guerrero. Um, because it, um, he was a smaller guy, and yet he was going up against these heavyweights and, you know, tearing it up. And I remember seeing yep. his title win at WrestleMania 20. And, you know, that was like a big deal. Uh, then, um, you know, he had done what he did. And at first, when you, I remember learning hearing about him passing you're just like oh my god what happened and you know you hear about that then days later it's revealed what had happened and um there were so many conspiracy theories about it that there was just um you kind of didn't want to you didn't want to believe what the story was you wanted to believe like if you were a, a fan of his as a wrestler you you were i'm somebody who's not a conspiracy theorist but i was all in on those conspiracy theories. I was really Same hoping here. that they're, they they yeah. were going to find something yeah. to prove that he didn't do what he did because but I was such a big fan of his wrestling. It wasn't until that um, Vice series, the Dark Side of the Ring, where it kind of just like, I mean that that episode was so dark because it had touched into the Eddie um, passing and uh, shit. And the the last I, I never I never got to cope with that. I mean. The whole Eddie thing was, I, I woke up one morning, I go to WWE.com, he passed away, and then I never watched wrestling after that. And then I watched the whole thing from the perspective of Chavo Guerrero, which is like even hard, that shit was heartbreaking to watch. I mean, that thing tore me up. And then you watch the rest of it, and it's the Chris Benoit, and it kind of convinces you that, you know, unfortunately he did he did what he did. Yeah. And that and... there's, there's no excuse, and there's no... Um, there's no way to vouch for him. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, like a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people because a, a lot of people just don't agree with what he did, and you shouldn't. And they kind um, of avoid his sub, they avoid him as, as a whole. WWE Network, like you can still see stuff that he's in, but you can't search him by name. I remember watching matches on WWE Network that he was involved in, like for WCW uh, pay-per-views. Like, uh, I believe there was one with him and Diamond Dallas Page for the uh, U.S. title. And it had said, it just said uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, WCW U.S. title championship match. That's all it said. It didn't say who his opponent was. And it turned out to be Benoit. And, um, you know, like you, you look at the aspect of, well, he had the brain of an, after scanning his brain, he had the brain of an 80-year-old with Alzheimer's. That still doesn't excuse what he did and um it's just it's a major tragedy and it's something that is uh, i mean for good reason they don't bring him up he's never brought up um 
you know, you can't excuse that. Um, no matter how good of a wrestler he was. Yeah. And he was one of the absolute best. It just sucks that happened because I mean, I always, I always wonder what, what would have become of those two? Cause for me, those two were, I mean, those I, two were, they were the best. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, they're the best. Like yeah. at the time, uh, Benoit was probably in my top five. Yeah. Of like wrestlers. Like I said, like I loved Eddie Guerrero, but I was more of a fan of Benoit than Eddie. <laughs> Then you know, oh, I was an Eddie fan. I mean, I was such an Eddie fan. That... Like Eddie was absolutely a top ten for me. Uh huh. But Benoit was just a little bit higher for me. <laughs> no, for, the crossface me... crippler. Oh no, I mean that finisher. Have you have you had have you been on the receiving end of that thing? That thing sucks. No, I've given it though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I told my sister I was like a schoolyard fight. I got into. I used a crossface crippler. No, you, you yeah. <laughs> you probably won. Um, I told my sister one time, you just pulled me into it, and that shit hurt. And I was like, tap, and I tap out. Yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I was such an Eddie fan that, that I mean, that moment is so engraved into my mind. It's kind of like those things where, um, you know, for us, for us millennials, it's the, for me, it's like the 9-11. You know, 9-11, you remember where you were at when you found out. Yeah. For me, it's like, I know where I was. I know what I did that whole morning leading up to going to W.com and seeing those news. I remember being in my mom's uh, Mazda, her green Mazda vehicle and uh, a little car. And I remember hearing it on star one Oh one three. Cause she would always listen to that every morning when she'd take me and my sister to school. And I remember listening to that and hearing it wasn't even that Chris Benoit had passed. I heard that a couple of days before just on uh, channel two news. On Star One Hundred One Three is when you find out what he did, oh. and it just—I was at that age where I could understand what that was, and just understanding that, that that was wrong. And like my mom actually had to have a talk with me about it because she knew he was one of my favorites. She knew I had a T-shirt with him on it. She knew I had an action figure with him, and I pushed him to be a friggin' top guy in my wrestling figure federation. Uh. <laughs> and um. It's some that took me that was like kind of the the nail in the coffin for me to just be done with wrestling for a little bit. Yeah, for me too. I mean, it's Eddie pretty much after like I said, the, that whole era, that whole like uh, era for me, the the me era of like the two or three years of wrestling, of watching it, of uh, following all the storylines, watching um, weekly Raw and SmackDown every week. We would want. Either I would watch it or me and my sister watch um, Raw and SmackDown. Just watch it week after week after week. The storylines, the everything. Uh, when Eddie became a heel and betrayed Rey Mysterio, that shit literally made me cry because I was like, holy fuck, man. This guy who I admire so much and is like the baby face and you know, he's the good guy and then just betrays uh, Rey Mysterio and then he's trying to fight him for his fucking son. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> after that, kind of like, you know, it's kind of weird, but whatever. Um, and then. His last opponent, which I remember to this day, is Mr. Kennedy. That was the last opponent was Mr. Kennedy. And uh, and then he passes away. And then after that, everything just became grounded into reality. And it's just like, fuck, there's no way I can watch wrestling. It just, damn, it just sucked. And and just like, and then I watched the, the Vice Dark Side of the Ring, and it brought me back to that moment. It's like, fuck, I haven't, just like Shavo said, I haven't visited that moment in a while. And I visited that moment. Fuck, it really sucked. Yeah, no, it hits you. Having to visit that moment. And um, 
you know, the thing is, like, concussions weren't really looked at how they are today. Yeah. In and, anything. And the Chris Benoit thing, yeah. Chris Benoit the happens. the Chris Benoit thing, that changed the game immensely for WWE. Um, because the day, the day that Chris Benoit died, they had a tribute show for him. Because they didn't know. Yeah, I remember that. And now looking back on it, the you know some, uh, you could say that that was one of the dumbest things they could have ever done. They didn't know. They kind of jumped the gun and just they like jumped they the said, gun. Yeah, just like how they said in Dice Iron, they jumped the gun, and they shouldn't have done that. They should have waited. They should have like you know, until they found out everything. They found out everything. And um, unfortunately, you can't undo that. Yeah. Um, they thought they were doing something in the right, and they didn't. They fucked up. I mean. What would you believe, you know, this guy who is, like, a great wrestler? And you hear nothing but—and so many people had nothing but good things to say about yeah. him. That's that's another thing. Yeah, so it's, like— You the, know, people who spent days upon days upon days with him. Yeah, so many days out of the year with this guy, who is, like, supposedly a nice guy, and what would like you Chavo believe? Like Chavo had said, you know, one of the last things he said to him was, Hey, uh, you know, goodbye and I love you. Yeah. And he's like, uh, okay, okay, I love you too, man. Bye. Yeah. Um, so, like, what would you believe? Like, would you believe that this guy is capable of doing something evil? But then you find out concussions can really, you know, fuck with you. And and now you have it. Um, there's a guy who's on Monday Night Raw now, uh, Mustafa Ali. And he was in line for a big push. Whether or not he was going to win the title, I don't know. But he was, he was getting pushed into the main event. He was actually pushed into a feud with Jan- Daniel Bryan, who was the... Uh, planet's champion at the time he had that um organically made all natural wwe title that i have the figure of uh-huh. or is that brown looking title <laughs> and he had gotten a concussion at some point during that whether it was in a dark match or against daniel bryan um he didn't know that he had one um and he kind of just dropped down to the floor and was just like um a trainer had said, you know, are you feeling all right? And he said, oh, yeah, I think I think I just got the wind knocked out of me. I think I just need to take a minute. And um, or he or it may have just been like um, something a little different than he was used to. Usually in wrestling, concussions can happen. That's just a nature of the beast. But the thing is about properly taking care of it. The trainer was very worried and was just like, no, we we need to take you into concussion protocol. I think you might have a concussion. And obviously, Ali's hoping that that's not the case. But, you know, he's like, okay, well, you know, we have to do this. There's there's no way of avoiding it, especially with what happened with Benoit. Like, there is no chance in hell. Like, if they if they even sniff a, a single chance of you having a concussion, no, you're getting concussion protocol. Daniel Bryan had to take two years off because he was having concussion issues. Christian was forced into retirement because of concussions and then had to get reevaluated to make a comeback. Um, so Ali got tested turns out he had a concussion it wasn't the worst concussion you can have but it wasn't good either any concussion is not a good concussion it's brain damage any way you look at it um but it's it's just the matter of severity uh, then the proper protocols that they have to do in order to get you back into the rotation whether they feel you're safe enough to do it you have to stay in protocol until they feel that you're ready and they have the strictest protocol of anyone because daniel bryan when he got his issues happening to him WWE would not reinstate him. None of the WWE doctors would give him the clear to go, despite having um, records of showing that like his brain swelling was going down, was showing that he wasn't having the same traits that somebody with constant concussions would have. Um, 
that his brain was recovering. Um, like he could have left and gone to like Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling or maybe even AEW had it started up a little bit earlier. Um, when his WWE contract had originally run out that at that time, because those other doctors were saying you're good, you're good, you're good. WWE would not take a chance because they were the one company that had the most to lose because of what happened with Benoit. So nowadays, um, you know, it's something that they really take super heavily hearted in all the right ways. Um, people can look at it as, oh, you know, they're they're doing a little overkill, you know, making Daniel Bryan retire, making Christian retire, two of the best in-ring workers that I've ever seen and two of the most uh, heavily favored crowd favorites I had ever seen. Um, Christian, because of what he did in the Attitude Era and continued it into the Ruthless Aggression Era. Daniel Bryan being the leader of the Yes Movement. And Mustafa Ali, um, for what he does for the, um, for the, um, losing my train of thought here, but for, for his culture, what he brings out to them and, um, being a representative of that. And, um, I just don't want to falsely speak on what culture he is. Um, but he's a big representative for them. And, um, you know, they have to take proper precautions because something so disastrous has happened and it happened of somebody who was under contract with that company. And, um, you know, as unfortunate as it is that, you know, it stopped somebody from getting a run and now they're kind of in a little bit of a limbo right now. They never got that traction back. Um, Daniel Bryan luckily was able to come back after a certain time. He's now, he actually has a new rule in my, he's actually, his contract right now is expired, but when he was wrestling consistently again, he had a, uh, fixed aided into his contract where it was okay. After every single match, you're getting tested because you had to retire for two years. We do not want to take any single chances. And he had gotten hurt a couple times, but it wasn't have, it wasn't anything to do with his head. And that's just them being as cautious as con as uh, possible, which is a great thing in my opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah. Especially after a Chris Benoit thing, but, and especially with Christian too, because you know he he has a young child and a wife who he obviously is going to want to spend a lot of his life with. Yeah. So, um, and then the fact that he was able to come back too, I'm extremely happy that he was. I fucking almost cried when he showed up at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like you were there. Like yeah. I was just like when him and that Edge Royal Rumble out, was fucking amazing. I almost cried. That Royal Rumble like, was God, fucking I never amazing. thought Christian was going to come back. We, we should do an episode where we do just that Royal Rumble by itself. Because that Royal Rumble brought so a much... A watch-along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should. I mean, That's our first watch-along episode. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, Eddie Guerrero, I mean, he'll always be my favorite. Um, my mom, my stepdad, um, my uncle, I used to Yeah, my watch. dad, he liked him. Yeah, so, I have I mean, some uncles who liked him. My sister. Him. My Latin family. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, he he'll always have a a place in our hearts. Um, every November, you know, I think about the guy. Uh, I'm like, you know, fuck, where would he be now? What would he be doing? I mean, it's been. Uh, he passed away in 2005. We're in 2021. It's almost. It's about to be uh, 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And you always play as him in WWE games. So. Yeah. It, it, that guy just had a huge impact on and anytime I, I mean I've only had the two 2k games of the 2k 16 and 2k 19 but every time I do it I always 
slap the undisputed title on him. <laughs> yeah. It just feels right. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he became champion and it was just something else. I think it was just the, the biggest push. And uh, I think you mentioned it before that before he passed, it was a uh, rumored that he was going to be become a champion again. They wanted to put the title on him again. And he, um, he was worried about it. Um, Cause he felt that he was undeserving of it because he had a lot of personal demons that he was dealing with. And, um, you know, he may have felt that way, but a lot of people, and I mean, a lot of people, he was deserving of it. Say otherwise. Yeah. He was deserving. I of mean, it. for Vince, for Vince to have that much faith in him and, to for Vince to not feel strong about him when he was going to first bring him in to, falling in love with the guy and just really just wanting him to be a top star in his company is um, the biggest compliment because Vince can be a major asshole. <laughs> but when you, when you have the support of Vince McMahon in WWE, you're going to the moon and yeah, he's going to keep you there. I think, I mean, uh, maybe after he, after WrestleMania 20 or, or um, like before WrestleMania 20, I think there's a video of him going backstage. I think maybe after the this match, there's a video of him going backstage, and then they they kind of like screw his name into the title because you know you have to screw out the name and and put a new plate. Yeah, with the name plate. With the yeah. name plate on it, and they put it on him. He's just like looking at the at the belt, and Vince McMahon's right next to him, and and he's like almost in tears, and it's just like I was like, man, this this guy is the. It's a magic moment. Yeah, it's a magic moment, and fuck, it just sucks that he had to leave so soon, you know. It just, it's it's one of those things where it just sticks with you forever. It's fuck. I mean, it was good for the the good memories, but also that moment is just the, it's gut wrenching, you know. Because yeah. because the guy has so much talent that, like like I said earlier, I would always I will always wonder where he's at now, where he would be at now. And um, would I still be a wrestling fan? Would he just fade out? Or would he have just been something even greater? Would he be under Hulk Hogan? And just like, I would be so, you know, into wrestling up until this day. Yeah, would he have stayed know. in WWE? Would he have gone to TNA when, yeah. they were, when they were the popular number two? Oh, yeah. I remember, the, um, I remember in middle school, TNA was the big talk. And then people told me about... Um, yeah, I, people I, were... They were signing all the ex-WWE guys. Yeah. Would he have been one of them? Yeah, so... It just sucks, you know. It's one of those unfortunate things that kind of leaves you with a lot of what-ifs, and... Yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, it sucks a lot of... Wind out of you. I mean, it's... I mean, it was, it was just the reason why I stopped watching wrestling. But it was the reason why I stuck to wrestling, and it's the reason why I stopped. And Chris Benoit, unfortunately, was the final nail in the coffin where yeah. I couldn't just keep going and watching this, yeah. this sport or sports entertainment. Yeah. Well, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Sorry yeah. for the doom and gloom. <laughs> Sorry for the doom and gloom, but um, this was a wrestler who meant a lot to us, uh, still does, to this day. To this day, yeah. I mean, I still have his um, poster, and every November I'll, I think about this guy and, you know, Hopefully his family's doing well. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, Eddie, we love you. (laughs) Yep. We love you, Eddie. And I wish you were still around, but you know, and, uh, again, I'll, I'll also end with, if you haven't watched no way out 2004, specifically the Eddie versus the match before that is really good too. the triple threat with Cena, 
uh, Kurt Angle and Big Show uh-huh. for the number one contender. Which sets uh, up for WrestleMania 20, right? The, yes. The winner, yeah. The winner goes on to WrestleMania 20. So um, those two matches are, are must-watch, in my opinion, especially this Eddie one because it's it's his only title win. Uh, well, where he wins the title. I mean, he, he goes on to have title programs after that. But um, just the fact that he won it, and it was his only, or it was his only like chance coming in as a uh, challenger and winning the title. Like it was just, it's next level and it's entertaining and it's everything you'd want out of it out of an Eddie Guerrero match. Yeah. Um. The the last. Uh, I mean this this whole year and two three years that he had left on his career were. I, I felt I mean I got I am lucky enough that I was able to watch it in person the the what I think was the best of his career maybe it wasn't maybe other people say New Japan or WCW was the best in his career but for me like watching those several him become champion and retain a championship and you know all those other matches were they were just magical to the point where I became a fan and unfortunately he passes and I have I can't couldn't be a fan anymore of the WWE is just—it was just too heavy. It was just too much for me to handle, yeah. and even to this day, it's too much. I haven't talked about Eddie in in forever. Honestly, <laughs> I can't—I can't remember the last time I talked about Eddie Guerrero. It's—it's it's been hell long since I talked about the guy. So it's—it's it's a lot to you know process. Yeah. As an individual. Yeah, and again, we thank everybody for listening. Um, who does listen? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope you they... enjoy it, even though there was like a lot of like depressing parts. But you know, yeah. I mean, that that's life. That's hopefully, life. hopefully, it gets you to uh, gets you to uh, go back and reminisce on on his career and just watch some matches. Uh, go look on eBay for a couple figures. Uh, look on uh, WWE shop for a shirt or something. And yeah, just kind of keep his memory alive because this guy was amazing and. Um, and it's not just the the last couple matches. I mean, I I've heard he's had a career in WCW. Oh, in outstanding New career! New Japan is uh is Black Tiger going up his matches against Chris Benoit, who was the Pegasus Kid at the time. Yeah. Was, so uh, like this guy had a whole career that was just amazing. Yeah, and him, you know, Chris Benoit as well. He had multiple careers. You could look at it that way because he tore it up in different companies because he was that damn good. Yeah. So like all these guys, you know, they had great careers and unfortunate things happen and you know i guess that's a part of life um yeah. uh, but we we got to look at the good things in life yep and look at I, the memories that he gave us so. yeah I, you know for me and and my family he gave a lot of great memories and i always remember the guy amen to that yep well thank you everybody um Again, same message as always. Uh, continue to wear that mask, and uh, <laughs> if you're feeling up for it, get vaccinated because uh, we'd like life to get back to normal. Exactly. Um, I'm not going to force you into anything because I have no power at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you don't want to, whatever. But we all want to get back to normal life, so whatever precautions or steps we need to take, you know, Alrighty. let's do it. Well, thank you, Brian, for this week, and. Uh, <laughs> You too, man. We'll, uh, With your infinite knowledge. <laughs> we'll do it again real soon, bud. Sounds good. And thanks to all the listeners.